It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is is the Go Birds Podcast. Birds podcast presented by Parks Casino and Sportsbook and Elliot Shore Parks. Josh McDaniels, buddy. It feels like that is the name. Look, we'll get into this whole coaching search. There is a lot of names. Eagles are actually added another name today, and they're talking to another guy today. We'll get into all that. But, Elliot, you and I were on the air on Saturday doing an extra hour unexpectedly, and the news comes down that they're going to interview Josh McDaniels. I'm sure people heard our initial thoughts there. But since then, it's really picked up steam, Elliot, to the point where right now, sitting here today, Tuesday, January 19th, I would be surprised if Josh McDaniels is not the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. I I think I would say that, too. I'm not as locked in as you are. I mean, they are interviewing other candidates. and, you know, there was Mike Florio came out today and said that Howie is um, down for it, but Jeffrey Lurie's hesitant, and obviously that's a big, big deal. He's the owner that'll make the final call. So I think it'll probably happen. Uh, I think that when we do eventually record our emergency new head coach, probably we'll be talking about Josh McDaniels. Um, but I am intrigued by other candidates, and I do think that there are red flags with McDaniels. Now, the benefit of being on air when this happened was we got to react to it live, right? So if you listen to the Go Birds radio, you heard our kind of initial reactions to uh, Josh McDaniels. I've since, like, it's been a roller coaster for me, as James knows from the text. <laughs> yes. Some days I'm in it, some days I'm not. Uh, you know, so we'll kind of talk through all our feelings with that. I'm not sure where I am really with it. Uh, with it, but I, I have, uh, I, I see the positives and the negatives. Like I'm pretty torn, but, um, well, where are you at with it after, by the way, hosting the midday show. Congrats <laughs> to you. Thanks buddy. It was Big, fun. You know, well, and, star and, over there. well, it was interesting hosting the midday show with someone. And if you listen to our initial takes on it or whatever, you know, you know that I was initially the one a little more enthused with the idea. Uh, it, there are red flags, and we'll get into some of the red flags, and you read some of the stuff out there. The, the Jay Cutler story is a red flag. The, the things that people have had to say about 
Um, McDaniels, when he was the coach in Denver, can be a bit of a red flag. The whole Indianapolis Colts thing is a red flag. We'll get into to a lot of that stuff. But um, on the show with Richie today, someone who is fully in, 100% in on the Josh McDaniels hire and, and of the belief that in the situation the Eagles are in right now, there is no one better for this job, at least no one better they could get, you know, with the caveat that they can't right. get everyone they want. Almost like, look, McDaniels doesn't have that many suitors out there after the indie thing. The Eagles don't have that many suitors out there because of the dysfunction. It's a marriage that makes sense. And look, I can see that from a, and personally, the things I like about McDaniels, first and foremost, when we're talking about a new head coach, and we're talking about hiring someone, I want someone who's going to push back on Howie Roseman. You know what I think is the biggest issue with this team, and it's Howie freaking Roseman. So I want someone who's not going to just kowtow to what Howie wants, not let him set the game day roster, do all those types of things. I want someone who's going to come in and put his foot down and say, no, Howie, I'm not doing that. And Josh McDaniels feels like the kind of guy, both because of the cachet as a coach that he comes in with and also the personality, as someone who's going to stand up to Howie in certain situations. That alone intrigues me, Elliot. I don't disagree with that, but I do think the idea of hiring a head coach that's willing to fight the general manager isn't exactly <laughs> Well, it so shows where we're at, man. I'm with you. It's not ideal. Well, but the interesting thing about Howie is I think there's like a little bit of a misconception out there that he's going to demand all these things with a new head coach. Like he's going to demand uh, to hire the staff. He's going to demand, you know, that they play certain players. I don't think that's the case. I think that they didn't trust Doug to do it. I mean, when when Chip and Howie went through their power struggle, it wasn't because Howie wanted more power. It was Chip didn't trust Howie's evaluation and they didn't get along. I mean, there were certain power aspects to it, but the larger issue there was Chip did not think Howie was good at his job and Jeffrey decided to side with Chip. Now with Doug, it was Doug and, or I'm sorry, it was Howie and Jeffrey didn't really trust Doug that much, right? In terms of picking the the staff around him, in terms of, you know, fixing the offense. So I think Howie felt a need to step in a little and say, look, Doug, if you're gonna make Press Taylor the offensive coordinator, you know, here's some other suggestions or things like that. And I'm I'm probably downplaying it a little bit. I'm not relieving Howie of, of any blame whatsoever. But I do think with Josh McDaniels or any new head coach, Howie's going to be willing to let that person hire the staff. Now, if it's Deuce, maybe Deuce doesn't have as many connections around the league. If it's uh, Nick Sirianni, who has been in the league a while, but you know has, has is relatively young at 39, uh, maybe he doesn't know as many people. But the idea that Josh McDaniels and Howie Roseman, like that Josh McDaniels is a good hire because he'll push back on Howie, I just can't get behind that one because it's that feels like a combustible situation to me. What you what you were really hoping for if you're the Eagles is Howie says, All right, Josh, you can have control because we trust you to have control. And Josh says, Okay, that's great, right? Like that's what you hope happens. And now maybe what you mean is a head coach that has enough sway to do that. That 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 is a positive. But my 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 concern is the personalities of Howie and Josh McDaniels, like it's just it's an unknown, and I'd be worried about it. Yeah, and look, to a point you've made, and you've been making it with the Eagles both on the field and off the field for some time, is the overcorrection thing, right? I mean, we just most recently saw it with the drafting of Jalen Rager and Quez Watkins and John Hightower. Right. Oh, you're so slow. Let's go out and just draft fast guys. Chip Kelly, this disastrous emotional intelligence lacking guy, blah, blah, blah. You bring in Doug Peterson, the polar opposite, a, a love him up type of guy. This organization is known to overcorrect, right? I mean, you bring it up a lot, and it is something yeah. that has been a theme with these guys. Are you concerned about that here? Because, look, if we're talking about going from Doug Peterson to Josh McDaniels, that's 
it feels like an overcorrection, right? And it does. And again, I am more pro the McDaniel's hire than anti. I'm I'm talking this out here. I I like I like his his pedigree. I like the fact that he has already failed once and has a chance to to learn from those experiences, especially when he was 34 years old, 33 yeah, years old. Yeah, he was old. very young. A decade ago yeah. was given way too much power too quickly. Also was trying to survive with Kyle Orton and Chris Sims and whatnot as his quarterback. So um, I, I'm willing to look at all that stuff and, and, and think that there's growth there and think that um, this time around in this situation it could work. But from the overcorrection point, does that concern you as something that is a theme with this Eagles organization? And certainly it would seem if they are Josh McDaniels feels like another example of it. In some ways it does, but I think there is some truth to the fact that maybe they do need an overcorrection. I, I like Doug a lot. I thought he was a really good head coach, but there were signs of a sloppy team in terms of penalties, penalties at really bad times, turnovers. Slow you starts. Didn't see cert- yeah, slow starts. You didn't see certain issues get corrected. And I think that was because what what we loved about Doug was how nice he was and you know how easy he was for the players to get along with, how easy it was from a media perspective to get along with him. You know, and I think those are positives, right? There's a reason the Eagles kind of talk about their great locker room culture, but the sloppiness spilled over. So maybe bringing in Josh McDaniels is the answer there. I just worry about it being too far to the extreme. Now, the benefit with McDaniels is when you look at the Bill Belichick coaching tree, one thing that they all seem to do is they leave the Patriots, they go to another team, and they try to be Belichick, right? They, they try to act like him. They try to install the same type of uh, atmosphere. They, they, they rule with an iron fist, those type of things. I do wonder, and, and they all fail. I do wonder if the benefit of getting McDaniels now is that he's already been through that failure. He went to Denver. He saw that he couldn't just do things that way. He then went to, went to St. Louis. It was only for a year, and then the staff got turned over. But I think it's pretty telling that uh, Belichick brought him back, right? I, I think that speaks to how highly Belichick obviously thinks of him. But I, I think failing in Denver once does make him more prepared to take this job now. Now, does that mean he'll succeed? I don't know. Like, the fact that no other team seems to be in on him besides the Texans, that some, is somewhat concerning. I don't think that the Eagles couldn't get any of their guys, so they all of a sudden decided to call Josh McDaniels. I would imagine, knowing how these coaching searches work, that people around the league were aware that Josh McDaniels was willing to take a job. And I think you'll see a lot of people try to leave New England because it seems like that sink is shipping, A, but also Bill Belichick's son is there now. You wonder how that's going to work out in terms of him being promoted. And, you know, eventually, I think that could be a potential issue with people there in New England. But from from McDaniel's standpoint, I, I don't think other teams were unaware he was willing to take a job. So the fact that only Houston and the Eagles are in on him is somewhat concerning, right? And it's also a little bit of that smartest person in the room me- mentality that we see from Howie Roseman, where other teams with more attractive jobs are saying, we don't really have interest in him. And the Eagles are saying, but we do. And maybe it's because they can't get anybody else, but I that that is a concerning thing for me. Yeah, I, I'm a... I, I'm of two minds on that. I, I agree with the idea of, look, and I, I definitely think it's because of the Colts thing. I think the way the Colts thing went down, a lot of people have not blackballed, but in a sense just kind of taken McDaniels off their list. I mean, that was a, I mean. and can I, Sorry, can I make a really quick yeah, point? I do think it's somewhat noteworthy that the Colts tried to hire him when we agree that their general manager, whose name's escaping me right Chris now Ballard. for some reason. Yeah, Chris Ballard. He's one of the best in football. As, Right, one of the best well, GMs in the and league. Not, and, and not just that, that was a super 
attractive job at the time because yep. at the time you had Andrew Luck and you had all the cap space in the world and a GM highly thought of around the league. Like that was when McDaniels got hired for that job, like that was the job to get. So like Correct. there was a time where Josh McDaniels was about as attractive a head coaching candidate as you're going to find. And that was after Denver, after the videotaping scandal, right? So it's not like those things have since happened. It was only two off seasons, two off seasons ago, if I'm not mistaken, right? So I do think uh, that that's noteworthy. Continue. I just think the Chris Ballard trying to hire him thing is important. Highly. Yeah, I I agree. It does speak highly of him, and I think that look, I I think the Broncos thing. It, it, I have no issues stemming from that. I don't love the the Jay Cutler story about how. For those who haven't seen it, you know, it's kind of making the rounds on the internet. Ted Sundquist, uh, former general manager of the Broncos, who was the general manager when McDaniels was there, um, wrote an article about drafting Jay Cutler and talked about an experience that they had with McDaniels where basically McDaniels, I, I'll spare you reading it, but um, McDaniels uh, essentially kind of met with Jay Cutler, spent 20 minutes reciting his resume, and then flipped on a dime and just started basically berating Jay Cutler yeah. to the point where the end of the story is Jay Cutler and his agent walk out of the room and Cutler turns to his agent and says, get me out of here. I don't care how, just get me out of here. So now to be fair on the flip side of that, Jay Cutler is Jay Cutler. <laughs> and you know, like maybe right. Jay Cutler well, needed Carson to Wentz is Carson about. Wentz right now true, too, though. True. But Jay Cutler was a well-known, you know, um, you know, problem, so to speak, true. from that perspective. And, and maybe not the hardest worker and all that type of stuff, but Regardless, the the Denver thing, that was a decade ago. Josh McDaniels was 33 years old, 34 years old, was handed all the power to the to the team, you know, making decisions, roster all stuff. I just think it was too much too soon at too young an age. So I do I totally believe that he could have grown from that, could have learned from that. All that type of stuff. I'm 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 supportive of that. And I certainly think that with the New England thing, it might it might also be that like Belichick said I'm staying longer. And, you know, Josh McDaniels went back there thinking he was going to be the successor to Bill Belichick. And Belichick, especially after seeing Brady, you know, do what he's doing this year, I'm sure Belichick is like, screw this. I want to show that I'm great without Brady. Like, this is stupid because he is. Um, so I think there's a lot of well, factors there to why McDaniels might want to leave now, whereas he didn't prior. Well, I think he wants to leave now because he thinks in a year he might not have as good of a chance. Like, the, ah. the knock on... I, I think, I think the, it's as much Belichick as anything. I think he went back there personally. I think he went back there thinking he was going to be the successor to Bill Belichick. And I think now he's I finding out it might be a longer time. You know, I think he might. I think Belichick's not going anywhere. I, I agree with that. But I also think another component is if he doesn't take this job now and they have another year like this past season where their offense was 27th in the NFL, then you really start to look at him and say, okay, his best years have come when he's had Tom Brady. I mean, that's already true, but then when you have two in a row like that, I think it, it hurts his candidacy somewhat. I mean, like I said, people knew he was available this offseason and didn't interview him. Like yeah, the Chargers again, didn't interview I him. Think that is, I think that is a direct result of the Colts thing. I don't think that has to do with his offense not looking good or his – look, because nothing's well, changed. Well, but that still is – but it's not, look, and right. to be fair, like I will say that the only quarterback I watched play this year who was a starter and you know not like someone who played came in for a quarter or something like for an injury of guys who started games this year and were a quote unquote team starter. Cam Newton was the only quarterback worse than Carson Wentz that I watched this year. Cam Newton was was fucking awful. Cam Newton could not throw a football. So I have very little blame for what happened this year in New England with Josh McDaniels or that off like I, any I, scheme. I don't like, either. 
I don't either, but I'm saying if he doesn't leave now and he stays and things don't get better, it just becomes tougher to get a job. It's That's possible. The only, the only I, 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 my thing is, I think with McDaniels, it's the kind of thing where there's certain people who are never going to hire him, no matter what, and there's certain people who would, and I don't think it changes. Like His resume, his body of work doesn't change that much with a year or two, a down year or two, personally, but, I think. But does it concern you that other teams are not willing to hire him? Like one thing we always say well, about um, Howie, and it, it kind of has to do with the Jalen Hurts pick a little bit, in the, you know, smartest guy in the room, he knows things that other people don't know. Um, you know, they're always kind of zigging when other people are zagging, and sometimes it works and sometimes it so doesn't. I, I know where you're going with this. I, I'm of two minds, uh, two things. First and foremost with McDaniels, again, I that's what I'm trying to say is I think the reason he's not on people's list is the Colts thing. It's not because people don't think he could be a great head coach or that he's a smart football guy or whatever. It's the Denver thing, I, I think, too. I think it is the Colts thing. I think it is the okay. Colts thing, specifically. Him taking that job, having people and their families move to Indianapolis, like setting up a staff and people moving. Like I think that is an unforgivable sin for a lot of people. It's the kind of thing where you made people uproot their lives. You told people they had jobs, and then you just bail. Did people move to Indy? Of course. Frank Reich was coaching with Josh McDaniels' coaches for the most part. Like, this is – that. that's why, I, in my opinion, the, the the reason McDaniels is not on coaching list is because of the Colts thing, I think, personally. So from that and does that concern you? No. No, that's my point is I, I think okay. the Colts thing was horrible, and I think it was a massive mistake, and I don't like that he did it. But either it's unforgivable to me or it's not, and it's not unforgivable to me as an Eagles fan. Maybe it would be if I ran a team. Maybe I wouldn't want to trust that guy. But as an Eagles fan, no, it's not unforgivable to me. My To the second point, and I, you know I bring up the Howie Smartest Guy in the Room thing, and it drives me crazy. I hate it. It's the reason they drafted Rager, all that. I actually don't think this is a case of that, not just because of the fact that I, I think the reason McDaniels isn't on other lists is because of the Colts thing. I actually think when it comes to coaching searches, I think, and we see it by how many of these fail every year, right? I mean, look, the the Doug Peterson class, they're all gone. Like, there's nobody who's still a head coach who was hired the same year as Doug Peterson. They're all gone. Like, they're all gone. So I think that, I think coaching searches are so flawed in the NFL to begin with, where it is this group of guys is the guys who are the head coaching candidates. And they're the ones you should interview. And every single team has the same list to the same guys. And it's Brian Dable and it's this and it's that and whatever. Like, I don't think that's the smartest way to go about hiring a head coach. So I actually think the NFL structurally, the way they do these things is flawed. And I think that I am very supportive of teams thinking outside the box, talking to a bunch of different guys, trying to find different candidates who aren't on other people's list. Andy Reid wasn't on anyone's list. Doug Peterson wasn't on anyone's list. They're the two best coaches in the history of this franchise. So, you know... I don't know. I, or certainly I, well, too I, so I agree with you. I agree with you on that. And that's why I like the fact that they're interviewing so many people. I like that they're interviewing Gerard Mayo. I like that they're interviewing Nick Sirianni. Like, not thrilled they're interviewing the Cowboys special teams coach. That one feels like a level of yes. embarrassment. Feels Maybe like you you're don't going a little you know, far with this. To. But I agree that overall, interviewing a lot of people is, is a good way to go about this. Especially when, as of when we're recording this, there's only two jobs left. So these guys aren't going anywhere. And the Eagles job is probably at this point better than the Texans job. I started initially saying the Texans was, but now you might not have Deshaun Watson. That play seems like a complete and utter mess. So I think the Eagles at this point are a more attractive job to candidates. But where I disagree with you is, I don't think that Josh McDaniels is thinking outside the box. I, I think he is like, 
on that short kind of list. Like he's not Brian DeBull in the way that everyone knew he was going to get a job, but he's also not Doug Peterson where nobody was even considering him. Like people know Josh McDaniels. People. Yeah. Right. So that's where I don't think, I don't think it's thinking outside the box. No, no, no. But that was my point more about McDaniels is I, I agree. I think the only reason he's not on list is because of the Colts thing. I think otherwise he would be interviewing and he would be getting offered jobs. And yeah. And you're saying that doesn't matter to you, which is fine, I'm right? Not, That's I'm, your I'm not saying it doesn't matter. I'm saying it doesn't matter enough for me to not want them to hire. Right. And my concern is the fact that it matters enough to other teams, not that they know what they're doing more than the Eagles. I'm not saying that, but it is like a concerning thing to me. I mean, as, as unappealing as the Houston job is, the Houston Texans are, their GM is from there, right? And they have Jack, uh, I can never pronounce his name. Jack, um, Esther B or whatever his mm-hmm. name is, the guy that everyone hates. They're both from New England, and neither of them are bringing in Josh McDaniels as of now. Now, who knows? Maybe he gets that job. But I think that is somewhat concerning as well. So although I agree with you that the stuff that he did, like Denver to me long time ago, I can wash, I can wash that away. Like it was his first head coaching job. It was 12 years ago. Didn't have a great situation. What is what it is. The videotaping stuff there was not great. Like I don't believe that he didn't know, despite what the NFL oh, found. Of, so Of course not. Right. So that that's not great. Leaving the Colts job, that doesn't really bother me either. But when you add it all up and then you also couple with the fact that so many teams don't seem to be interested because his like his resume is good. I get the Tom Brady thing. But outside of that, like his resume is great. Let's be real. His resume resume is amazing. You you could argue that flat out just resume wise, he's the best offensive coordinator in the history of the NFL. Like just pure resume. Like you could argue that. Yeah. Yeah, you could. I mean, now most a Tom Brady let's say thing, the most he's certainly the most accomplished offensive coordinator. Right. And I mean, he calls his own plays. He designs the offense. He has a defensive head coach. Now, Belichick can coach every position, but he still has a defensive head coach. So I think you give him a lot of credit for the offense. And now the Tom Brady thing is a factor. It is like you wonder if being attached to Tom Brady made him who he is. No, we'll never know until he leaves. Right. We'll, we'll find out. It's kind of like. A little bit like the Doug and Carson debate. Like, was well, Doug the problem or was Carson the, the problem? It's the Belichick-Brady debate. I mean, like, they, there's a lot of that. I mean, like, people are trying to dredge that up and saying, look at what Brady's doing in Tampa. Yeah. He's be- he's the one who was more important. You know, when Belichick's got a bad team with guys who opted out, I think it's not apples to apples. But either way, I mean, that's always going to be a question. Who was more important, you know? And it, and yeah. it applies yeah. to McDaniels as well. And I think where... Over the last few days, I continue to think about it, where I fall on it. Do I would I like it? Would I not like it? And it is worth noting. I just I just saw this on a someone texted it to me that apparently the NFL Network just reported that the Eagles and uh, McDaniel's are not are, are far from a done deal. So yeah, well, and look, the fact look, Nick Sirianni interviewing today, the Colts offensive coordinator Elliot alluded to, John Fassel, son of Jim. Uh, Cowboys yeah. special teams coach uh, Jason Lock and Flora is saying they're going to interview defensive coordinator yeah. Dennis Allen uh, of the Saints. So I mean, like, all right, let's so let's do that. Let's all right. So well, we can I say the one one last thing on McDaniel? Yeah, yeah, for where, sure. Where 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 I think I ultimately fall on McDaniel's is there are reasons to be concerned. I understand not being excited about McDaniel's. I get the the uh, the hesitation which I felt initially when we we're on the air, but after thinking about it more. Thinking about this Eagles job, job specifically and who is left, I think he's, he's probably the best guy. It doesn't mean it will add up to being the best guy, and it doesn't mean I would hire him. But if you flat out just look at who's available, I think he is the best candidate left. 
So that's where I come down on it. Even with his flaws, I think there's still more positive than negative. Yeah, and and you know I'm I'm in. I have sold myself on it. I liked right, it. You're more in. I yeah. liked it more the moment I heard it. But and again, it's all it's specific, right? It's not like I don't think Josh McDaniels would be the right hire for any team in the NFL for this Eagles team in this situation they're in with Howie and Jeffrey and the quarterback situation they have here and all that stuff. And the and and going from Doug Peterson and the lack of of you know discipline and these types of things like I I I think he makes sense. That's where. And I'm also, at. like let's let's be real. Maybe he's not gonna. Maybe he won't be good head coach. Who knows? But the upside is certainly there. Like yeah, maybe he comes and he's a disaster, or he comes and like you said, you hire the one of the best offensive coordinators resume wise in like the history of the sport. You know, I mean, so yeah. w- when this process started, we said we wanted. Uh, offensive head coach that called plays that can coach a quarterback that, you know, wouldn't, this was more you, but that wouldn't have to like put up with Howie's yep. bullshit. Right. Yep. I mean, he checks all those boxes all in a those major boxes. way, like in a big way. And right. he's been a head coach before at least, you know, it didn't go well, but at least has that experience. I mean, has that experience. He really yeah. does minus the, the flaws, which we've talked about, which are personal and situational, like from a resume standpoint, like you're not, you're right. Like there's no one you're going to find who is more qualified. You're just not. Right. Doesn't mean he'll be the best head coach, but, you know, I think he has a better resume than Deuce. He has a better resume than uh, Joe Brady. He has a better resume than Eric Bieniemy. Like, he just does. And the 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 negatives are there for sure, but there's negatives with every single candidate. Like, we could go through every candidate, no matter how much the positives are, and point to negatives. Like, Deuce has never called plays. Joe Brady's only been in the league for a year. Eric Bieniemy's more involved in the running game than the passing game. Like, those, to me, are just as serious concerns as he turned down the Colts two years ago. Yeah, 100%. I agree with you. I mean, Joe Brady's 31 years old. Like, that's young, man. Okay. All right. Well, with that in mind, let's pivot to the coaching search in general because Nick Sirianni, now we're hearing John Fossil, now apparently Dennis Allen. What do you make of this search? I know, like, Les Bowen just tweeted out recently that that his take is – it just shows that they had no idea they were going to be doing a coaching yeah, search. Yeah, I disagree with that. that. Well, that's why I'm bringing it up. I'm, I'm interested. Yeah. What do you make of this? Because the Eagles have certainly, and, and again, we have both said, we have both on the record said we like the idea of interviewing a lot of people, talk to a lot of different voices. You know, even if it's just informational gathering, it's worth it. This is your only opportunity to do that. But this is, first and foremost, a search that has included a lot of guys, a lot of names, seemingly more names coming. And then on top of that, uh, so just the, the idea of that and then the idea that we felt like it was coming to a crescendo with McDaniels and now it just seems like more and more interviews, which kind of makes you question that. Where are you at with this search, how it's happened so far and what it means moving forward? Yeah, first of all, I love a good crescendo in Philly sports. Like I, I love when we all thought it was Lincoln Riley for a little bit, right? And Lane Johnson was tweeting and now we all thought it was McDaniels. So I, I enjoy the roller coaster of it. Um, I think where the Eagles mistake began and the reason the process is going like this is because they misread what Doug would say in that initial meeting and it pushed it back a week. And by pushing it back a week, that's when you're missing out on the Robert Salas, the uh, Arthur Smiths, like looks like Brian DeBull ended up didn't not having much interest and he's staying in Buffalo. But that's where you miss out on those type of guys, right? But once those type of guys are gone and three or four jobs are filled, like Urban Meyer filled one, he was never going to happen here. So when there's only two jobs left, and I alluded to this earlier, like you have all the time in the world. I and granted, I'm not saying you take a month because the NFL offseason moves along and you want to get those things started. 
But there's no rush at this point. Like, take another week. Interview four or five other people. There's no harm in it. Josh McDaniels isn't going anywhere. Maybe he decides to stay. But if he does, then honestly, his heart really wasn't in it to begin with. But, like, these guys aren't going anywhere. So I, I'm perfectly okay with it. I don't think it is they don't know what they're doing. I, for as much as we can criticize Howie and Lurie about certain things, and there's plenty to criticize him about, they are both smart individuals that that like think these things through. So I, I think they messed up. They for sure messed up with misreading what Doug would say, but now that they're in it, like they're both connected around the league. So I like the idea of them interviewing a lot of people. I, I think it's interesting they're hiring, they're interviewing so many defensive guys. Like maybe yeah. they really will hire one. I know that Gerard Mayo really blew them away in the interview. I personally think Brandon Staley, the guy the Chargers hired, I think they would have offered him the job had wow. they interviewed him. Wow, so, really? I, yeah, they were super high on him, like super, super high on him. Uh, I think he would – they viewed him as like a defensive guy, but also he has coached offense before. Like he checks a lot of boxes for them too. So I, I think that you never know how the interview would go. Maybe he wouldn't want it, but I think that was a real possibility. So maybe they do inter, maybe they do end up hiring a defensive guy, but I still think it will be offensive. But overall, I have no problems with the search whatsoever, And you know. Uh, how it's going yeah i i so i agree with you i don't think um again i'm fine with interviewing as many people as possible i have no problem with that i don't think it necessarily means that they're not prepared for it or not handling it correctly um i i agree with all that but it is interesting that it does feel like there is an aimlessness to it you know it does feel like every day a new name and oh you haven't figured out you know it does it does feel right. like we're reaching that point where it's almost like fatigue, like are you talking to every single person who doesn't have a head coaching job in the NFL right now? Like, I get it. I get it from a fan perspective how when you just see name after name after name after name and and so many different types of candidates and all that, that it does make you question whether they – it really brings back because, because again, and I think McDaniels, if we're going to argue, going back to the Joe Banner tweet, the one that we talked about when this first happened, his one comment on the thing, he said, the only thing I'm going to say about the Doug firing is – I don't think the Eagles do it unless they're sure they know who they want and they have it locked up for them, you know, 90% or whatever he said it was. Right. But that idea, this, so Josh McDaniels would jive with that. And we've heard, I know yeah, Zach, I agree. Zach Berman said that they, they were interested in McDaniels for a while. This is not, you know, something that came out of nowhere that would jive with that. But your assessment of the search and the idea that they were going to potentially offer the job to Staley goes against that. So where do you come down in that? Like, do you think that the Eagles had McDaniels targeted and that that's kind of the way this has gone? Or do you think it's kind of been more of a free-flowing, you know, we're not exactly sure who we definitely want, but we like these five guys and we're really interested in them. We're going to interview a bunch of people too. I think when they fired Doug, they thought they had a safety net out there. Somebody that if worse came to worse, they hired him, they would like him better than Doug. I also think that they went into the process knowing who they would want. And I bet that that person is is still out there because I don't think they realistically thought they were going to get Arthur Smith. Uh, you know, Joe Brady, I, it's hard to get a read on him because he came in as a hot name, but it seems like people aren't super impressed with his, his interviews. So I, I think they came into this saying, all right, if we fire Doug, we we know we'll get a chance at like Josh McDaniels or, you know, who else, whoever this list was. And that's what I think their mindset was going in. But I also like and appreciate the fact that they appear to have an open mind still, right? And I think that that's a good thing. If you're going to go through this process and interview all these people, I, I think what Jeffrey Lurie said is true. You know, people want this to be a fast hire, 
and because of the nature of the beast, it's going to have to be. But you know, when when Google or, or whoever right hires like a new CEO, they take a long time. Like they interview a lot of people, they vet people. So I, I do think this is a cru- crucially important hire. As much as we all want it to be done, although I do like the roller coaster of it, but as much as fans do want it to be done, it's also important to get the right guy. Like if in two years. You know, the fact that they hired their coach in a week instead of two weeks isn't going to help that coach. So I, I think that even if you go into it with the mindset of thinking he can be the guy, you never know until you meet face to face and you you wait until you find someone that strikes you right. Like, don't just if you're sitting there and you're saying we like Josh McDaniels, we would hire him. But, you know, I also want to talk to uh, I also want to talk to Nick Sirianni. I also want to talk to Dennis Allen. Then I think you take that opportunity to do it when you can. Yeah, I'm I'm generally of the same mind. You too. This is the only opportunity you get to do these types of interviews with all the because like if you can't like if the Eagles wanted to hire Deuce as their head coach, they can't hire Joe Brady as their offensive coordinator. You know he's already and like this is your only chance if you're hiring for head coach to get to talk to all these different people from all these right. different organizations. Whether it's information gathering, whether it's just you know, again, talking to people who you might want down the road when their contract is up or whatever. I mean, I think there's a lot of value to doing this. And I, I, to your point, I agree. You know, we as Eagles fans want them to hire someone immediately. And and to your point as well, like there is a a, a season coming up in a process and an off season and things that have to happen. So there is a, a, a set limit where they can't just go on with this forever. But I do think you're right in the sense of why rush? Like why this is such an important massive decision for the franchise one that you hope you don't have to make again for a long time but even you know uh, worst case scenario what two years three years you know if, if it's a total dumpster fire you know he's going to be here at least a couple years right so um, at least two years you would think least, now mcdaniels think. only lasted a year and a half right so. and right so you but never that. know you never know but the idea being that you know if you're going to make this decision for hopefully someone who's going to be here for a long period of time like you're absolutely right. Like, why rush? Why? What? What? What benefit other than? And to your point, I think that's key. That if they went into this coaching search knowing that they wanted someone, or or likely wanted someone who is not Arthur Smith or one of these top guys who is going to get a job, then yeah, you know, you kind of have a little bit more of a safety net to take your time to to feel it out and really talk to everyone. Now, the flip side to that argument, Elliot, though, is that by doing it that way, they missed out on their chance to get maybe the best guy. I mean, Arthur Smith could be the best candidate of this this process. Brandon Staley, someone you think they were interested in. He might have never came, though. But he might have never came, but they also might have never really gotten a chance to woo him or talk to him or True. whatever. So, you know, I, I I do think that I think that them not firing Doug at the end of the season is still a mistake. Like, that was a flaw. They blew that. And I do think that set them back, whereas no matter how they want to spin it, and maybe Josh McDaniels was their guy all along. No matter how they want to spin it, you were behind the eight ball. And and yes, you might get to talk to as many candidates you want now, but you missed out on those early interviews. You missed out on that first impression, that chance to to get Robert Sala if you really wanted him, to get Brandon Staley if you really wanted him. And I still think they made a mistake with that. No matter how this search is going, and I I don't have an issue with how it's going now, I do have an issue with how it started. I still think they made a mistake there. Yeah, I agree. I think that the mistake was misreading how what Doug's mindset was going to be. And I think that they deserve a lot of blame for that because me and you could have told told them that Doug probably wasn't going to be thrilled with, you know, not being able to pick his own staff, right? So, I think they definitely misread that situation. But I you know, also you go back to like when the Sixers hired their coach with with uh, Brett Brown. Everyone flipped out that that took a long time and Brett Brown, you know, ultimately 
didn't end up winning a championship here. But I think we could agree he was the right coach for the right moment with that hire. So I, I think that there's NFL is different. But if you take your time and end up with the right guy, that's really all that matters. Like it, the first head coach hired, I believe, was Robert Sala, if I'm not mistaken. Or maybe right. it was Urban Meyer. But it was one. It was one of those two. And like that doesn't mean they're going to be the best head coach. It just means that they were hired first. So we shall see. Uh, what ends when ends up happening, but the very least, the Eagles are certainly certainly doing their homework on. Yeah, this. well, and the one other thing that we didn't mention, but but is a factor, and and does like if you want to rip them for it, they also need to hire a whole coaching staff. And Arthur yeah. Smith, as well, the first, guys are coming uh, in knowing who they want to hire. Yeah, now, theoretically, you know. but the point is, if Arthur Smith wants someone on his staff that Josh McDaniels wants on his staff, and obviously, I'm not saying that's the case or whatever, but like. Arthur Smith's getting first dibs. Arthur Smith gets to try him first. And I agree. I'm not saying, I think in most cases, guys have their guys, their staffs, whatever. But like, you're limiting yourself. You're li- yeah, like, that's true. If someone else wants Gerard Mayo as their defensive coordinator before Josh McDaniels does or whatever, I'm just saying, like, it is, it is something where you are a little bit behind the ball. So it is something to criticize. Quickly on the names that we've heard since we've talked a lot about, you know, leading up to this week prior to the whole McDaniels thing that the names. Nick Sirianni, Dennis Allen, Todd Bowles interviewing since we last talked. Any of these names interesting to you in any way? Yeah, Nick Sirianni is uh, is interesting to me. I'll be honest, and probably with 99% of people listening to this pod, I was not aware of like Nick Sirianni prior to the interview coming out. But when you look into him, I, I like the idea of him. Uh, you know, working with Frank Reich, I think, is appealing, just like I think the fact that Frank worked with Doug was appealing to the Colts. Now, he doesn't call plays, which is a concern, but, you know, two out of the three, three years, his offense has been in the top 10. They've been top 10 in yards two out of those three years without, I would say, you know, dependable quarterback play. They've shuffled guys in and out there. But so I do, I, I like the idea of him. To me, he feels along the Joe Brady type of line where, a bit unproven, but a, a longer track record. But he doesn't have any baggage whatsoever, right? There's no, uh, he's not, I guess, as big of a name as Josh McDaniels, certainly, but he brings no baggage. So I'd be interested to see with his interview if you like him. I think he's someone that you could for sure sell me on. I, I would, I would be down with the Nick Sirianni thing. What is interesting, I was, I was reading up about him. His wife's name is Brett. Like I was just have you ever heard of that before? Well, like a woman named Brett? Me. Yeah, of course. You don't remember really? Brett Butler? Elliot? No, I, I, I don't remember a single woman ever named oh, Brett. Yeah. Like, uh, they're, I'm they're... not saying Brit to be clear. No, I know. I'm telling you, Brett Butler. You don't remember Brett Butler? She's a TV star, Elliot. No. A little old a little old for you. Not super old, but like yeah, like late nineties, I would say, something like that. Okay. Mid nineties. All right. I never heard of Gra- it. Thought something that was with Grace. Gracie was the name of the show. Something like that. Uh, I can't remember. Hold on. This is gonna bother me now, Elliot. Look what you did here. Brett yeah, Butler I just, just TV stuck out show. What was it? Bre- uh, Grace Under Fire. That was it. Do you remember Grace Under Fire, Elliot? No, I thought you were gonna say Grace Anatomy at no. first, but no. But Brett Butler, a woman. Okay. Star All right. Show. I'm not. You know, I, I like it. It's an interesting name. I just never heard of it. So. Also, Nick Sirianni said he preferred rom-coms over suspense films. I like that. Yeah. Uh, his first I, I concert. love rom-coms, but I don't know, you know, I, they're both great. I don't know which I would prefer. Well, rom-coms are better. They're, rom-coms, to me, other than Christmas movies, are the best genre of movie. <laughs> you are something, man. That is incorrect. <laughs> I love rom-coms. I, I'm sure I've seen more rom-coms than you, but... Yeah, yeah probably. I love rom-coms, but also I love action and suspense, too. But... 
add everything up and I'm in on a Nick Sirianni. Like I would be interested in seeing how that played out. I would like him more than Todd Bowles, Dennis Allen, wow. Deuce. Just because that more than Deuce, really. I wouldn't. This Man, guy, I so... like Deuce personally. Nick Sirianni, and... who the hell's this guy? He's been the Colts offensive coordinator for a couple years. He was a wide receivers coach before that for the Chargers. Why am I excited about Nick Sirianni? Because he he's been even, an offensive coordinator. He doesn't even he's call co- his own plays. What, okay. are, what are we doing here? If we're going to get someone who doesn't call I, plays, give saying... me Deuce. I'm not saying that I would have hired him of everyone out there, but of the people remaining. Look, like I like, I like Deuce. him. Don't get I me like wrong, Deuce way Deuce... more than Nick Sirianni. Way Why? more. Why? Because at least I know that the guys here want Deuce. At least I know that I've got defensive players and offensive players tweeting out, "Give Deuce the job. That guy's a leader of men." At least I have some idea. Know that... Nick Sirianni. But but, like but, but but okay. So you're saying that the unknown is better than the known just because it's the unknown? That that's silly too. No, I'm Deuce... saying that Deuce Staley has coached running backs for six years. Like, yeah, Nick imagine if I told you they were going to hire. What if all the Eagles players were tweeting they wanted like some random running back coach from another team? You'd yeah, be like, oh, that's Deuce. sweet. But... And also, we've talked about it. Like John Ritchie said, he's the smartest player he's ever played with. He can look at all 22 guys on the field and tell you exactly what everyone is doing in one look. He's like, I don't right. know many guys who could do that. Like, he's like super impressive with that stuff. Like, yeah, I don't know I'm anything about Nick Sirianni. bad hire. But I'm like, why, would... why is Nick Sirianni better? Just because he's unknown? Like, I'm telling you why. Because, no, because he's been an offensive coordinator for three years. He designs the offense in Indianapolis. Not really? He's it's Frank Reich's positions. offense. What does he do there? Well, that's what people, I mean, that, that that's what I've read online, that he was kind of like the Frank Reich under Doug. Now, I'm not, you know, I'm not, people are going to view that as a shot because, because they think Frank's a way better coach than Doug. I'm not saying that. I do think Frank Reich is a better head, better coach than Nick Sirianni, clearly. But I'm saying that he did, that he did design the offense and Frank called the plays. Like that's what happened in Indianapolis. So who knows? Maybe Deuce will be phenomenal at it. You're right. Like, but I think there is a lot more unknown with Deuce than there is with Nick Sirianni. Uh, yes and no. Because you know I, Deuce personally, that there's a known quantity there. Right, but I'm exactly. saying in terms of his ability to like, Deuce coaches the smallest unit on the team but, but outside again, of the tight end. But I'm like, talking, you know me, I'm I'm a leader of men guy, man. Like, I believe that, but I, when's I, Deuce been a leader? But uh, <laughs> like, all anyone says is he is, though. Like, all I could do is take Malcolm Jenkins at his word, take Brandon Graham at his word, take yeah, Tory Smith fair. at his word. All I could take is these guys who unsolicited are coming out and being like, that dude, when he talks, you listen. Like, when that guy gets up in front of a locker room, he commands the room. Like, that kind of stuff matters to me. Like, I, I don't know. I And look, it might be the same about Nick Sirianni, too, but I don't know that. I know it with Deuce, so I'm going to go with Deuce. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, but who has, a better, who has a better resume? I, look, take I, away I, the take. If you just saw their, if you saw their resumes on paper, prob- probably and I know Sirianni, that, look, but I don't know the best it, way to hire somebody. Yeah, it's not but. the best way, but probably Sirianni. I, I, he's been an offensive coordinator, and Deuce has him, but like. I also think that's partially. Well, he's also coached quarterbacks. The... I mean, I, you know, I think that matters. Sure. I mean, it, well, it matters assuming he's good at it. Yeah. I, but like, again, I, I just, Nick Sirianni, like, if you're, my point is, if you're going to, I don't trust the Eagles to go out and hire the next bright young offensive mind. Like, I don't know. I'd rather give Deuce the job. Like, I'd rather. Yeah, but you're saying a Deuce, you're saying you'd rather give Deuce a job in the way, like, well, just give it to him. You know, I, I see your point. Look, I'm not. Like, I'm not trying to shit all over the idea of Deuce being the head coach. I'm really not. I think Deuce could be a successful head coach. But we have to also look at this, like, impartially and, like, you know, take, you know, not, not just be like, oh, he's Deuce and look at it and say, well, I agree. when you look at resumes. I mean, but look, Deuce is older, more experienced, played in the NFL. If you want me to give you real reasons, you could say that stuff. I mean, this guy never played in the NFL. Never once. This guy never, he's 39 years old, so he's younger than Deuce. He's like a kid. He's This guy's my well, age. Deuce is how old, though? Let's. 
Yeah. How old's Deuce? I mean, he's older than me. Hold on, let's look. I would guess like 40, Deuce is forty-five. All right, yeah, so six years, mid forties or so. Yeah, but so I mean, Deuce is older, more experienced, has been around the league longer, has been in the league longer. I mean, you could argue that Deuce is more like I don't think it's cut and dry That's just because this no, guy. Those, are, you those know. are good points. Those so, are good points. But either way, the point is, I think you're you, the point is you you see some intrigue there with Sirianni. Yeah, I am intrigued by Sirianni. All right, for with, sure. With the defensive guys, you mentioned Mayo. Are there any? So Dennis Allen's going to interview. We'll just throw John Fossil, even though he's a special teams guy, in that non-offensive coach bucket. You've been very strong this entire time on, A, that you think the Eagles will go with an offensive coach, but also the the reasons why it's smart. And I think of, of all the most compelling being the idea that if you do get a great young offensive coordinator in here, a great mind, they're probably going to be gone in a year or two anyway because they're not, you know, they're going to want to go right. somewhere and get a head coach job. Um are there any of these defensive guys that interest you, whether it's Bowles, Dennis Allen, Mayo before? I know you mentioned he did well in the interview process. Like, any of these defensive guys interest you at all, or are you kind of even no, moving closer to the not interview? really. So you're just not really. Yeah. I mean, look, doesn't mean they couldn't be good head coaches. Like, Gerard Mayo, to me, is kind of like the Joe Brady of the defensive side of the ball in the way that he's very young, very inexperienced, but he's viewed as having, like, an it factor type of thing. So, I... I guess like if they hired Gerard Mayo, maybe, you know, he, he comes in as a leader of men, fixes the defense, like those type of things. But I would much rather hire someone on the offensive side of the ball. So I I wouldn't hire Dennis Allen. That feels like a disaster to me. Todd Bowles feels like a disaster to me. Um, Gerard Mayo, like I said, has some upside. I mean, dude, John fought like the, the John Fossil special teams coach. Well, that's I mean, what I mean with this search. It's like, I get it. Talk to a lot of guys and stuff. But at a certain point, you just like, you start, you're, like have you're some pride. Well, too. yeah, you're opening yourself up, you know, like the whole, like we made fun of the Phillies forever for who's going to operate in the middle of a pandemic. And of course it was the most stupid, ridiculous line ever, but, and this is not to that level, but it's, you know, it's becoming a joke. Like this Eagle search is like Eagles beat reporters doing the, if you've ever coached football at any level before, right. the Eagles yeah. should be contacting you soon. Like, you know, it's like, Everyone it, it is becoming a bit of a, ways, a, yeah. a thing, you know, at a certain point. Right. Now I will. It starts I will to say lose like, a little, you know, credibility, you know, so to speak. John Harbaugh, good head coach, sure. right? Um, so there, there were, there is, I guess, some history of like special teams guys. Joe Judge, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't Correct. he? Correct. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Now, you know, his team was six and ten, so we'll see. But uh, I don't know, man. Like, if they hire the, the special teams oh, coach, oh my goodness, Can you, you can't imagine? tell me. And again, another lens to view this all through is. Who would rather has a head coach, Doug Peterson or this guy? Great like, can you imagine if midway through the year, I told you they were going to fire Doug for the special teams coach of the Cowboys? Like, oh, man, you're, so you're, it's making me long for Kellen Moore after all, Elliot. If they're going that way, right? yeah. Well, I mean, you know how I feel about Kellen Moore, but <laughs> oh, buddy, um, yeah. So I, I, I would if I had to like list my top three right now in order of who I'm most intrigued by, like my personal order, I would. Probably put Josh McDaniels first, even though my heart wants to put Sirianni first. But I would put Josh. <laughs> McDaniels first. I would put Josh McDaniels first, Nick Sirianni second, and I. Joe Brady feels like such a non possibility now that it's almost hard to put him out there. But I would put Joe Brady third. Yeah, I would have Joe Brady second, Josh McDaniels first, and third vacant Deuce. I'll just take Deuce. I was going to say, all your Deuce yeah. standing deuce. you just deuce. did. Yeah, you should at least put him up deuce. there. Deuce, let's go. I actually, though, I will say, if they're going to go with an offensive guy, like I do like the idea of Gerard Mayo in the sense of 
of just go with it. Like, it's clear people are drawn to him. Players listen to him. Players are attracted to him. Like, they call him Gerard Belichick up in New England. Like, he's yeah, just got I it. Think there's a lot to think about. So, if about you're going to do something like that, that's kind of what the Brandon Staley, more accomplished, obviously, from a resume standpoint, but that type of hire where it's, you know, I'm just betting on this guy because I think this guy's the next thing. Like, I don't hate that if, if it's the right call. Um, all right. What else you got? You got anything else before we get out of here? Well, there's so much head coaching stuff. It's hard to get in other things. Uh, Pro Football Talk put out an article today saying that the salary cap could come in at around 180 million. I definitely want to do a full episode on the salary oh, cap. So maybe once yes. Day, we are de- yeah, so once, once this day, head coach uh, thing is taken care of that we were absolutely doing that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that was interesting. Um, trying to think i mean it's been honestly so much mcdaniels and so much head coaching stuff trying to think there's anything else going on i mean you're the hot shot that hosted a four-hour show today you (laughs) just called mcdaniels baby yeah look yeah look i think i think until it happens we're kind of we're waiting for this coaching thing to happen you know it's like it's hard to really judge the team moving forward and know what you know it's once they hire somebody then you say all right what does it mean for Wentz? what does it mean for hurts and taking those next steps we've talked about it all but I think we're all just kind of locked in on 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 hire a coach, and then we can start to move forward. Oh, I got I got another one. Um, well, first of all, I mean, your boy went four and zero this weekend. I can't you remember did. if we've talked since. You look at you, big dog. Yeah. Uh, so I saw a take that everyone disagrees with, but I think is actually like common sense wise, just makes a ton of sense. And I know you're going to disagree with it. Great. But Colin Coward put it out there that they should just wait until Mahomes is healthy to play the game. And I, they're not going to do it, right? So I, I agree. You he's going to play do anyway. I, don't, I, I think he's definitely playing regardless. I think but. he's going to play too. I, I think he is as well. But I do think his point is kind of fair. Like, we all want to see McDa- uh, we all, McDaniels. We all want to see Mahomes versus Josh Allen. We all want to see this game. Like, just wait. Wait two I, days. Uh, <laughs> it would never happen. Ever. It would ever, never ever. happen yeah. in a million years. I agree. Uh, but, and I think he's going to play anyway. But hey, look, it's an interesting thought. It's a it's a compelling point. I agree. As someone who has no... I'm sure if you're a Buffalo Bills fan, you would not be down with that. But as a football fan, yeah, I, I don't want to watch Chad Henney play in the AFC Championship game. I want to watch Patrick. Right. Williams, for sure. Right. Now, they're not going to do it, so it doesn't matter. Well, but I just thought it was one of those takes where it was like, Everyone's going to disagree, but also everyone deep down knows that like, well, it's yeah. true. Yeah. I like yeah. it. Like every, yeah, of course it's true. Like, oh, we all want to see Mahomes play, you know? But don't, then again, there'd be no Nick Foles, I guess. I don't if, hate uh, it. I, that's a good point, too, right? Yeah. Well, let's wait for Wentz. Uh, he should be ready in uh, 2018 at some right. point. <laughs> well, what happens first? Mahomes is ready or Carson Wentz puts out something thanking Doug for all the Mahomes. time they had together? Mahomes. How about this? All right. I'll, let, let's say this. When they hire a head coach, whenever that may be, there'll be a lot of Eagles players tweeting, I'm sure, you know, like, no, oh, I can't wait to get to I, work. I don't think we hear a word from Carson Wentz. I don't. I don't think so either, right? Yeah. That's that's where you're at. Yeah. I think it's radio silence. Any opinion, I guess real quick, any has your opinion on Carson change at all? There's been, no. you know, the, the stuff that they're going to hire the guy for Carson, potentially. Yeah, I, I think that would be a mistake. I think that yeah, I think, I think Carson mistake. Wentz should be gone. I still I still stand by that. I think that it, it is too much baggage. I don't think it's ever going to work here. Uh, look, I just that's where I'm at. I, my my opinion has not changed. I still think Carson nope. is fixable, just not here. My opinion is I don't I don't think they're hiring for Carson. I hope I think not. That, I I would bet the question went something like this: like, 
so how would you fix Carson? Like, of course, they're going to ask all these things because you have to hire somebody just in case you don't trade Carson. My guess is they will not make this head coaching hire with Carson in mind. I I I really hope you're right, and I I do agree. I think, but I am. Uh, I don't think Carson's going to be back. I think they will trade him. I still am going to stand by that. That's what we've said. That's what I believe. I still think he gets traded, but it's nerve wracking, man. This is all nerve wracking. This is all nerve wracking. Yeah. Well, it's going to be. Look, I, I put out on the on the Go Birds Twitter account. Will they hire a head coach before, during, or after our uh, our pod today? The listeners were right as always. They said after, and uh, it's just going to be a crazy week. Like, it's weird to go about my daily life knowing at any moment we could be recording an emergency pod. Which so. is uh, yes, and with JT Romuto waiting to sign, that is like my actual life uh, this week. Is I am literally just waiting to emer. I already told Emily. I'm like Emily, like. Just so you know, Phillies and Eagles, I could have a pot at any moment at any time. And she's like, I know. Like, she was like, this is the life I've married She's like, what to. did I the, the do? The wild life yes. of being married to uh, a guy that <laughs> makes podcasts. To the wild, um, crazy life. So quick real Muto take, and then we can wrap this up. Okay. There's just something about, I know five years 110 is not a lot of money, and I guess sign him because why not? There's no cap. It's not my money, all that stuff. Part of me doesn't like the idea of signing him to big money. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, well, not trying to be a hater. No, but you're I, not. I, 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 I don't think they have a choice. I think they've painted themselves into a corner, but I never liked the idea of giving a catcher a long-term contract at that age. Ever, 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 ever. But yeah. especially a catcher who so much of his value is tied up in his defensive ability, his ability to call game, all that type of stuff, um, you know, that 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 goes away. So <laughs> I am... Uh, I'm nervous about it, but I also, they don't have a choice. They have backed themselves into a corner. Signing JT is really the only move they have. So, And that's what I don't like about it either, is that they feel like they have to do it. Yeah, look, look, it's it's amazing that after the the season we just saw and after the last month uh, of, of dysfunction and whatnot, that I still think that the Eagles are a better organization than the Phillies. All right, so that that's still, yeah, I still even yeah. with all that, and I still have more belief in their future. So that's my uh, pessimism on the Phillies. You got any final thoughts? And look, like Elliot said, we will have we're ready. Like whenever it is, we're gonna record. There'll be a pot out. We're gonna be back later this week if it hasn't happened, regardless. And of course, the uh, our Parks Picks Pod uh, for the conference championship games as well on and Saturday the radio show uh, will be on one to three. And Elliot, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Um, two really quick ones. One is Bling Empire on Netflix is really good. And I listened to the song Driver's License for the first time by some some pop artist I never heard of, and that was pretty good too. So those would be my two Driver's TV show license. and music suggestions. I do not know yeah. Driver's License. Is it a good one? It, it, well, look, I'm younger than you are by a lot, obviously, but this is a song that is way too young for both of us. Like it's it's uh, like a teeny bopper song, yeah. but as you know. I mess with the team right, right up your so, alley as they yeah, say. Yeah. So shockingly, I enjoyed it, but uh, I guess those would be my two suggestions. I like that. That's good looking out. I did not come prepared. I read a good book. How about that? The silent. Ooh, patient. I'm actually reading a good book too. If you ahead. like mystery, not even a my- it's like a thriller mystery type of stuff. Um, the silent patient, really, really okay. good twisted book, like psychological type of stuff, but really, really good. I recommend the silent patient highly. I can't get into fiction. Just when I read it, I'm like, this isn't real. It's all I read. Like 98% yeah. of what I read wow. is fiction. When it comes to so books. So I read a lot of historical biographies. I'm reading the Edward Snowden book right now. 
just mind-boggling. <laughs> Truly mind-boggling. Yeah. yeah. Wild story. I'm getting ready to just drop off the face of the earth. Like you'll never see me on Twitter. It's a wild again. story, bud. It's a wild story. Yeah. It really, really is. Especially someone that didn't follow it when it was happening. Like, this is just mind-blowing. You're like, whoa, how did I miss all this? Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I yeah, love so it. Driver's License, Edward Snowden, Bling Empire. And the Silent Nation. <laughs> we'll okay. be back. What a, what a, uh, what a unique uh, uh, Motley crew of recommendations. You're not getting that on any other pod. No, that's exactly right. All right, uh, we'll be back probably Thursday. Before, if needed, either way, we're here. When it happens, we'll be ready for it. And, of course, Parks Pick Pod Friday, Saturday 1 to 3 on WIP. And uh, we're just going to keep rolling, man. It's what we do, eh? It's what we do. Yes, sir. He's Elliot. I'm James. We'll talk to you guys soon.